This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday, the 19th of January, 2023. Coming up today, we're going to be joined by Mile Fabian to tell us all about Biped and we'll get more of your feedback. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. Happy Thursday. Thank you. It's beautiful to be here. You know what? I've got to say, I'm kicking off today with a, a surprising oh. email from <gasps> one of our listeners, one of our oh. regular listeners. Let's just say one of the Gregs is maybe not in our fan club. Oh, uh, okay. One of the Gregs. One of our many Gregs. Well, we've got many Gregs, yes. but there's a one in particular who's, you know, not uh, been our biggest fan recently. No, no, and sometimes rightfully so. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I'm glad we you said take... it that way because... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so here is, uh, here's his email. It says, uh, you might be expecting to read one of my caustically critical emails that I have been sending recently. Alas, Double Tap this past week has been quite praiseworthy. Oh, so wow. Praise to the two cane-tapping double-tappers you have each earned your pair of golden double-tap shoes, and I hope we see you double-tap dancing on Double Tap TV soon. Greg in Pennsylvania. Wow. Well, I'm glad I got that out of the way at the start, because I don't think I could have said that halfway in. That was beautiful. Thank you, Greg. Thank Thank you, you, Greg. Much appreciated. Yeah, it's... um, Very gracious. It is, you know, it's been interesting the past couple of weeks because we've talked about a lot of different things, including the the apps the other day we were chatting about. You know, I saw this great tip online, and um, there's a guy who I, I see, I think it's on Facebook or Instagram. I never really know where these videos come from when you go online, but I think it might well be um, Instagram. And it was a guy talking about, you know, ways to, you know, use your computer better. So like a Windows computer, here's some top tips on, you know, how to improve your sort of daily usage and stuff. And one mm-hmm. tip that he had was this application called Ditto. And he said what Ditto does is it lets, it's like a super clipboard for your computer. And it's funny, actually, because I was thinking a while ago, I thought it would be great if you had more control over the clipboard. Like, you know, there's lots of text that you paste into you know, applications or, you know, documents all the time. And, you know, text replacement on the Mac does some th- things like this. You know, you can kind of almost assign a very short command or a very short uh, you know, line of text that can then turn itself into longer text. So, for example, a bank card number. That's the one that's always the challenge. Um, or maybe it's an address, or maybe it's just something you always write in an email. You know, that you, Are you talking text replacement here? Kind of thing, yeah. And, okay. you know, I, but there doesn't seem to be anything like that on Windows that I know about. So I thought, okay, this sounds quite cool because this is clipboard, right? So... This is actually, this program saves your clipboard for ever and a day. And you can even network. <laughs> you can even have your, your database of, and, and back, you know, the backup of this application's An data. of all your clips. Yeah, you can have them all saved and you could access them from any of your, your PCs. So it was quite interesting. So I downloaded it thinking, okay, let's try this out, you know, from the accessibility point of view, how accessible is the application. Could not get it to work. Could not well understand done. what was going on. Dread through the, the notes and it, it explained the, the shortcut key was, I think, control grove. Um, and I did that. Yes. Nothing. Didn't work. Just couldn't okay. get it to work. So in amongst it all, I hit Windows V. I don't know why, but I pressed Windows key and then pressed V. So held down Windows, hit V. And yes. it, it came up. And I thought, oh, there it is. That's it. That's the clipboard history there. Okay, right. Got it. Okay, brilliant. And as I'm going through it, I'm thinking... I've not seen a lot of these options that I'm hearing about. And then I realised <laughs> I wasn't in. in this. I was actually in the built-in one. I'm like, hang on, it's already there. It is. I haven't actually gone through it because, honestly, what is the point of that? I don't quite understand the point of having a history to your clipboard. But that's what I'm saying, though. There's things you might type. You could use it as an archive. You could. You could use it as a way to get but to short text. doesn't it take longer text. to look through it to find it than it does to actually type it? You're so miserable, aren't you? I'm looking for solutions over here. (laughs) Okay, you know what? I found Windows V by accident because I was trying to find a way, and it used to be Windows V. I am 
positive of that to jump to those pop-up toasters, I believe they're called, the notifications that pop up. Oh, yeah. So-and-so yeah. is mucking around in Dropbox or whatever it may be. And it <laughs> that's, used to that's be, usually me, yes. Yes, it used to be Windows V to jump to those. Um, now it's not. I, that's, uh, I Googled it, and apparently it's Control-Alt-T to jump to your toasties. Ah. Oh. So if you get a calendar that comes up, and it's just there in the corner, and you you're out of focus. It's control T, although I haven't got that to work yet. Because um, I did the thing with Windows N for notifications, but all it does is oh, brings yeah, up yeah. the notification window. So you've got to go in and find the notification rather than just yes. get straight to that particular Exactly one. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> when I pressed Windows V, it said something about clipboards and all that. Oh, oh that's interesting, but I never went back to it. As I said, I just, I don't think there's a... Okay, you you've okay, you so demonstrate again, the use for it. Here's an example of okay. you're never going to use it. So therefore, everyone else should just go away and die. <clears throat> okay, that's not exactly what I said, but yeah, okay, <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> it's close. Okay, yeah. See, I told you I can paraphrase you pretty well, can I? Well done. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, now, listen. Of course, another big story. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the week about Ira and their um, decision. Finally. Finally, to put up a web page with actual pricing, offset pricing as it's known. <sighs> I still don't think this is a smart move on their part at all. Uh, but okay, so they've now got Ooh, this right. web page, which is ira.io slash offset hyphen prices. And this will take you to a web page, which will give you the actual price that we will pay for the plans and prices. So for those silver plans, um, for the gold plans and the platinum plans and the super platinum and the diamond shaped and whatever it is, they it's all exist. this. Um, <laughs> well, hooray! I mean, you know, power of the community. Well done and uh, well done, Ira. Um, it just makes sense. I think it was because of us. Well, I think it was because of me. Well, that means us. There you go. If you say you, that's the royal we. Oh, is it? Yeah. You. Okay. I'm getting confused. <laughs> anyway, it's it's great news. Good. Well, uh, Janine Stanley, of course, long-time listener and also friend of the show and from Ira as well, got in touch and she says, I wanted to answer a few Ira-related related questions from your Friday show, where we got a lot of our comment on this from. Uh, she says, people can sign up for our current plans, the intro standard and advanced, through January 31st, 11.59pm Pacific time on January 31st, to be exact. So you oh. can, right out to the last minute on that uh, day, you can still get uh, the current prices for intro standard and advanced. So she says, grab yourself a less expensive plan while you can. Uh, she says, this includes our community plans with ACB and NFB in the US, CCB and AEC, AEBC in Canada. <laughs> this is not easy. Um, and RNIB in the UK. You will need to contact customer care to sign up for the community plans so they can verify your status. Now, that's interesting because I was suggesting to you, uh, because I know you were keen to do that, um, yep. go I'm onto the app, the but the no, you do have to one. call up, yep. so, so do that. Well, I did uh, I did that because you said it's in the app, Sean, as you, know, as you often do. You were With telling absolutely me. absolutely no information or knowledge. No, no, no. Yeah. So I opened it up and it just says, yeah, our, our contact us, basically. Um, there's no sign-up options at all in the app. No, there used to be. Used to ah, be. Okay. Uh, some other things, though, if you choose to discontinue your plan now and don't renew it prior to January 31st, you will only have the 2023 plans to choose from should you want to resubscribe. That means that, yes, you might be able to get a plan that better meets your needs for minutes as we have more amounts, but the plans are significantly more per month. So that's important to know. So, you know, if you cancel and you decide to, you know, on February 1st sign up, you're going to be hit with those prices but then they've made that i think very clear um i, I gotta say yeah fair play to them yeah right? i mean they're not holding anything back there no they're not no um also we've made the add-on now known as purchased minutes available at the 22 uh, 22 prices through january 31st now that means you can buy as many as you want with no restrictions these minutes last forever they can also be moved from plan to plan as long as you have a paid subscription. After January 31st, though, the prices for purchase minutes will change. So if you want to, you know, gather up a, a ton of minutes just now... What's that? I'm confused. 
to the add-on minutes. So you, as well as having your plan, if you feel okay. you've not got enough minutes in your plan, I've had this a few times where I've run out of minutes. When I was on the 30-minute plan, I had this issue where I ran out of minutes and I had to go and purchase an extra 50 or whatever it was and then however much that cost. You just buy those and add them on. But the difference with those minutes is, unlike the rollover, there's no rollover on, on any of these plans. So if you pay for 30 minutes a month and you don't use them, you lose 30 minutes a month. Simple as that. But with the add-on minutes, the purchased extra minutes, they last forever. So you could, oh, you could in okay. theory, go and buy yourself a 1,000 minutes if you wanted at isn't the current it, prices, and then they'd be with you for the year. That's one way of doing it. Isn't that the same as pay-as-you-go, then? It's not dissimilar. I think you need a subscription, though. That's oh, the one course. thing I'm not yes, sure about, but course. you still need the subscription, I guess. Do we know what those prices are, the 22 prices and the 23 prices? Uh, they are on the website as well. In fact, they okay. are through the app because I did see those in the app as well. Okay. Um, also, regarding number of subscribers, and this is interesting, she says, uh, Iris, um, Janine says, I can say that uh, far more people use our free access offers than subscribe to the service as individuals. should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shame on you. Done with that sort of thing. Um, Janine says, that's actually great, as that's what we want, people being able to use our service whenever, wherever, with whatever offer they need. It's also why we spent nearly five months working on consumer pricing and why schemes like pay-as-you-go won't work. There's not enough people. So there you go. Um, hang, 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 hang on. I mean, if you took away the free option and gave the pay-as-you-go option... Do you think there would be a huge drop in user base in that? That sounds exactly what Janine's saying. Yeah. There's just people out, because look, again, there are, there are so many people out there who and let's be honest about it, when it comes to blind people, not a lot of us are in employment. There's not a lot of spare cash lying around. No, absolutely. I totally get that. But at the same time, there's some services which you know, I mean, I I I consider the internet my home internet to be an essential service so i find the money for that and i think ira could be considered the same in some situations yeah no i hear you i get and i know exactly what you mean by that i think other people were not i don't think other people are there yet with it i think they feel that way but they don't want to consider it that way and you know? to be fair, I'm saying that, and I've never subscribed to Ira. Yeah, so what the heck are you talking about? Well, I just think it's such a great service. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't go anywhere, I suppose. That's the big thing for well, me. Well, I think Ira is amazing for, for yeah. mobility. Yeah, I think that, uh, absolutely. I've, I've definitely used it more outside than inside the house. I mean, I've used it for things in the computer and such, like the Ira desktop feature, for example. Yeah. Brilliant. But yeah, when I'm out and about, I do find it invaluable. Oot I really boot. do. Oot yes. in a boot. Uh, regarding number of... Oh, yeah, we read that. Um, now, she says... Uh, what else does she say? Is that it? Oh, no. She says, thanks so much for your support <laughs> and understanding of our situation. Always happy to come on and talk, Ira. We will soon have big news about something other than prices. Oh. Exciting. I don't know if I'm supposed to read that app, bit, but I read it anyway. No, no. It'll be the new app. They are the new app very is... excited, and they keep mentioning a new app is coming, I'm sure. Uh, now, she says, enough, Ira. My flame-proof fedora is at the cleaners. So, uh, on to uh -oh. personal stuff now. She <laughs> says, I love the show about guide dogs and canes. As I've mentioned before, I used to work as a guide, uh, at a guide dog school, not as a guide dog. Uh, and sadly, Study. so many people who received dogs from us had uh, either never had O&M training, orientation and mobility training, couldn't get it, or had such poor training that they hated the cane. John Priest. Um... That was you. Because you never, never had, had training. I've never had O&M training. No. I'd, honestly, my wife though, just I, puts I, her I, fingers in her ear when she hears that. I, like, oh, I'm no! still, I still don't know. Uh, no, I'm not going to go there. I taught you. I, I'll get shouted at. Well, yeah, but what is there to teach? Oh, dear. Sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, the oh, emails are well, going to go. You, well, you feel around, don't you? I oh, mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just feel around. That's it. Yeah, that's what, all what, the, what that's you it. My wife trained for all these years just to tell blind people, just to, yeah, just to feel around, you'll be fine. Sorry for the <laughs> O&M officers. That's, that's, I am so sorry. All you trainers. Got to, I've got to eat my dinner tonight in front of my wife, and she'll be uh, discussing this with me, and I'll not hear you know the what? end of it. You should bring her on, and we will have a debate. Okay. All right. Well, fine. Okay. All right. Let's let's arrange that. Let's. De there's a weekend edition for you. Um, so this, uh, as uh, uh, Janine says, made it very hard for people when they were between dogs, of course, because you didn't have anything else. She said, now, I found my two years between dogs, most of which was due to the pandemic, actually not horrible. I did travel during that time using a cane, and if I had to do it again, I would without much complaint. 
I couldn't have said that 25 years ago, but time and experience gets us all in the end. Once I began to interact with more um, orientation and mobility instructors on forums and email lists, learn about different types of canes, and just get more proficient using the cane, this became another thing I could do to get where I needed to go. I find it so sad that so many people have inferior experiences with OM and M instructors initially, and that sets them up for not only bad views about getting out and about, but also bad habits when they do. Then the dog seems to really seem easy and miraculous. That's such an interesting point. That's such an interesting point, because that's one thing I guess I never thought of. I was lucky in the sense that I did have a good O&M instructor growing up. And, you know, my O&M started probably when I was about seven years old. So wow. very young and it's a primary school. And, you know, I would, it was great because I got out of school. I've got to say, the first time we actually met in person and we were at an event. And I was just hanging off your shoulder while you were just, you were like Godzilla with a, a white stick. You just, <laughs> you just run, charge through crowds of people. And basically they hurled themselves out of the way. Was that the uh, Scottish training? Scottish training, yes. Just, just basically barrel, <laughs> barrel and barrage your way through. I was holding on for dear life. <laughs> ah, it was amazing. Well done. But that's the thing, right? It's about the training and about the, the, the confidence using the cane that's the key you've got to build that up and and almost in a sense you just have to i think anyway i mean obviously i'm not going to do that on a main road where there's cars although i have in fairness done it my general philosophy is they have brakes they'll figure it out Uh, yeah uh, what could possibly go wrong exactly no one's ever been knocked down by a car before so we'll be absolutely fine please note this isn't official and uh, o&m (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not official O&M advice. But you know the best piece of O&M advice I ever got? And it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but it was the best advice I ever got from my trainer. And that was, you have a tongue in your head, use it. And oh, dear. that, as a Scottish person, that was never a problem for me. Um, but I actually was really valuable information. Just, you know what? Don't be frightened to ask. Don't be frightened to ask for help. Don't be frightened to, you know, just be out there. you know. And someone else said once, you cannot be a shrinking violet when you're blind. And I think there's truth to that. I don't oh, think absolutely. you can shrink off into the background because it doesn't work. You, you have you know to what? be out there and up front. Sometimes I don't think you've got any choice. You know, but that's, that's that... the point. To some degree. <laughs> but if you're not like that, if you're someone who does, you know, want to just be, you know, because I, I saw this a lot when I was at the NFB convention years ago in the States. And I remember all these blind people who seemed to be extremely independent and, you know, were just doing their own thing. But they also seemed to be just forever lost. Lots of people just wandering around. There was one guy who just gets stuck in a plant pot for about 40 minutes. And I'm saying to him, can I? Yeah, probably (laughs) you. Were you there that year? Because honestly, I'm like, what is... And I'm saying to the guy, I'll help you. I'll try and and find the place. No, no, I can do it. I'll be fine. I'll get there. And you think, okay, that's fine. But... And I don't know if that's arrogance or it's, you know, it's lack of confidence. That's I don't know what it is. independence, sir. That's Is it independence when you're getting nowhere fast? You're just well, stuck inside a plant pot? You leave him there for 24 hours and you see if he's there in the morning. I'm sure he wasn't. No, that's sure like when last time we met up in Glasgow and uh, we, you were going <laughs> and we were going back up to our room and we ended up just in the corner of a hotel just trying to walk up the walls. I know. And you, you very helpfully came back and guided us towards the lift. But it would have been fine. We would have got there eventually. Yeah. Well, look, at the end of the day, it's your life. You choose to live it any way you like. I've got things to do. I don't have time to waste. <laughs> Walking up walls. Yeah. You know, All trying right. to work out where the, the, you know, the elevator is and, and stuff like that. I was that. hiding you know, behind a sofa that I found. It was yeah. lovely. It's, it's, but it's interesting. But I think that's that's a good point, you know, that, that Janine brings up, right? If you have that bad experience, then you yeah. might, and maybe that's maybe that's the root of a lot of it. Because look, I know there are bad experiences people have, and you know, my experience of working with people, you know, professionally as a as a as someone as an equal, you know, working with people rather than you know being directed by them or you know being taught by someone is that there is a, an arrogance out there by O&M people, people who work with blind people. I don't know if this is a UK thing. I certainly feel it in the UK. I, don't, I, can't, I maybe can't speak for abroad. I, do, I have a feeling it, it, in Canada it's a bit different, but, and I, I can't speak for the US, but certainly from the UK perspective, 
I've met many people who are fully sighted people who tell me they know more, more about my eye condition than I do. Oh. And I find that mm. incredibly arrogant. Because yes. I think, you know, I've worked for 30 years in this, this sector and I know everything there is to know and you can't tell me. Really? I, I can't tell you anything? I have got no knowledge on this subject whatsoever? Wow. You've got 30 years training? You're sighted? But oh, you know more than me. Okay, let wow. it go and breathe. But that can be the problem. So if you have people constantly telling you, and this, is, this country is known for being very nannying and, you know, it, it's not a good thing. I mean, you know, a good, a good example of that was when I'd gone to that NFB convention, there were people there to help other blind people get around, you know, like get the guy in the plant pot somewhere else. And leave plant pot man alone. I'm with maybe, you. Sir. Maybe he maybe he was in maybe he lived in the plant. I don't know. He just he never seemed to yeah. let go of it. But um there was all these people from UPS that were all there to help out. And they were all just standing around and I was doing interviews and I was asking them, you know, so why are you here and why are you doing this? And they were all chatting about what they were doing, what they were up to. And I said, Oh, so how are you getting on? How how do people uh, you know, how, how how well used are you? You know, are you getting taken left, right, and centre? And they said, No. No, barely anybody comes near us. And it wasn't that yeah. they didn't know they were there. They just didn't need them. Now, in the UK, it's the exact opposite. It's like everybody, where is my assistant? I need oh. someone to take me about now. Yes, I would want to piggyback all the yeah. way around. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's funny, like, you, you do mention that quite often, that NFB convention. It did obviously it have It blew that. my mind. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen 3,000 blind people just marching around doing their own thing. <laughs> And not being be led by anybody. Now, look, I am. Yeah, is there a name for that? <laughs> like a collection of, but I'm sure there's a word. Email. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. But it was really, it was fascinating to me because it just, it showed me. I mean, I, I think there's a balance to be struck. And, and I think I've learned that along the way. This is maybe where I've got it from. It's like a hybrid of the two. You know, very much be independent, but don't be frightened to ask for help. And I think that's the, the balance to be struck. You know, don't just no, don't don't be stuck for the sake of it. You know, and that's where you know, like Ira is one example where I think it's interesting because people use Ira very much so in the states, and I think it's because they feel that sense of control. You know, they feel they can ask for the support; they're paying for it. You know, it's not like something that is being given to them. And I think that's where I have challenge with some of the the, the free aspects of things. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I even used to talk about in my old show. I used to talk about guide dogs and. One thing that I always used to ask for was, you know, is, is there like a guide dog plus option, like a premium package? You know, I, yeah. I don't know what that is necessarily. $50,000 but- in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your own. But, you know, like I could just not have to feel like you're giving me something. Do you know what I, I mean by that? Um, I, I do. I do, but... And I know I sound like I'm, I'm against guide dogs. I know someone said to me the other day, they said, I hear you talk about this, and it sounds, every day it sounds like you're more and more against guide dogs. And I'm really not. I'm not. I, my wife has a guide dog. There is a guide dog in this house. And it is... It is, does wonders for my wife. For her, it is brilliant. And for a lot of people out there, it is fantastic. But to me, the white cane is equal to that. And that's where I go back to with this conversation. It's, it's, the, it's equal. It's not lesser than... Please, can we leave this alone now? I'm dreading the emails from O&M <laughs> trainers that I'm going to get. I'm very, very sorry. My Fantastic wife is going to be on the call to you. I'm telling you, she's going to come on the show and she's going to rip you apart. Do you know what? The biggest, the biggest hurdle for me when it came to the cane, it's, it's just getting that, it's getting over, okay, I'm using a cane now. Once you're okay with that, actually going out with a cane in your hand, yeah. you know what? I just, you just use it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I need to do some O and M so I, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think you'll. I think you'd find the difference. But then again, equally, you, you know, there are people who never get O and M training, and look today, especially with cuts to local services across the world, you know, services like ours tend to get cut first because you know they're not seen as the the big ticket items, right? So they just yeah. get they just get shelved, and that can and it's often left to charities and organisations to pick that up and try and provide the support so getting the access is one thing and then of course there comes a point where if you've been using something like that for such a long time do you actually kind of just figure it out yourself you know if you're getting around okay if you're not having problems if you're managing to get where you want to get to then what's the problem you know it's a bit like driving a car right you can get the training i got the training at seven years old to drive my little stick 
And, <laughs> and okay, <laughs> I could rephrase that, but I won't. I've decided oh. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with that. Um, Please, we need the outro. I got, <laughs> I got my training at seven years old, and I could probably do with a significant amount of upgrade training um, because it was a long time ago. Right, and but you're you know, not having any issues. That's the thing. Well, right? that's I it. suppose. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, look, uh, we're going to be talking. Actually, funnily enough, on the subject of mobility um, and your inability to be mobile uh, with your cane, at least. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the other tech. You know, it, it does feel like there's a lot of tech coming out to try and help us avoid falling into or walking into things, yes. and. It almost kind of feels like it's a problem that needs solving that doesn't really need solving. Do you know what <gasps> I mean? It's, it's How like, dare you? Technology needs to be used somehow. Yes, I know exactly you know, what you're it's, saying. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, so we're going to hear next from Mal Fabian. He's going to be joining us to talk all about the biped device. You might have heard about this. Very interesting piece of kit, which uh, it was actually announced, I think, last year at CSUN, or, or not C, at CES. CES, yes. Um, I don't even know if it was announced there. I think it just it was on display there. That's the first time I heard about it. This year, yep. they were back at CES, and they were uh, promoting some new updates. We're going to get information on all of that coming up next, right here on Double Tap. Stay right there. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, yes, this is Double Tap. Stephen and Sean with you today. And coming up, as I was saying, we're going to be talking to Mile Fabian from Biped. It's a company which has created this rather unusual, I guess, Sean, uh, way of navigating around. Instead of having something that you wear perhaps on your wrist or like the uh, other glasses we've been hearing about from Lighthouse Tech, uh, which has this weird code name at the moment because it doesn't actually have a name. Um, it's like H21386455, <gasps> you know. A. Code names, they make yeah. it sound cool. They do sound good, but when they're when they're too long, it just sounds like a password. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, it should so be it's not ideal. Dragon or or shark or something cool. Exactly, like that. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, so uh, this is quite interesting because this device, uh, instead, it, you wear it around your neck. Now we're going to hear more from Mile a little bit later because uh, we actually had Mile on the show on Double Tap TV last year at CES last year. So we'll be hearing more from him shortly here on uh, Double Tap to talk about some of the updates that have come in. I guess, you know, the thing is with all this technology, I've tried lots of different things. I've tried the WeWalk Smart Cane. I've tried the Sunu Band. I've had glasses years ago that were were that kind of obstacle uh, detection, you know, and it would give you vibratory feedback and stuff. And I always, well, yeah, and I kind of feel sometimes, is it giving us too much information? And is it trying to solve a problem that can be solved by... A cane or a dog. I mean, it goes back to that conversation we've been having about cane and dog, right? I mean, as much as, you know, I don't want to talk about cane versus dog. I want to talk about cane and dog. And what I also think is there's actually nothing wrong with either of them. You know, it's kind of expanding this conversation out a little bit and saying, I don't think there's anything wrong with either. The only issue that this thing seems to solve is head height obstacles. So if you're walking towards a branch or you're walking towards a something at head height, or maybe you're in the house and you're walking towards a cupboard door that's open, it would alert you to that. Would you use this? It depends if it's useful. That's what it comes down to. You're absolutely right. I mean, the cane and the guide dog, a guide dog, uh, guide dog specifically will, you know, um, will will guide you around obstacles, whereas a cane, you know, you're hitting them. Um, so it's that distance, that 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 pre warning, I suppose. Um, would it help with that? Would it let me know that, hey, there's a car coming up that's parked on the pavement or there's a branch or whatever it is at head height, which you would miss with a cane or you actually hit it. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I think there is a use. There is is a use for it. There is a a sort of gap between the guide dog and the cane where maybe, you know, head height obstacles. This could be filled by something like this. But so far... I don't think it has actually helped that much. Maybe the technology needs a bit of tuning in and maybe this this is the next step. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing to talk about here is the style of this thing. So you wear it around your neck 
So it's like a U-shaped device. You wear it around your neck. A bit like, do you remember those um, Bose did it for a while? It was like headphones you wore around your neck. They didn't go in your ears. It just sat on your neck yes, or on your shoulders. Were, I'm going to say it. They were terrible. It was a bit weird, right, for <laughs> yeah. headphones. Um, neck speakers. I mean, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Neck weird. speakers. I suppose if, I don't know, I, I couldn't see the, the value. And I, to be honest, I think it was a throwing an idea at a wall and hope it would stick situation. Yeah. Um, this is the sim- similar design, although it obviously has different applications. Quite a chunky piece of kit as well, because you have those cameras in there which kind of jut out a little bit from, I think, the left or maybe the right side. I'm not sure. There's a there's a, a side which doesn't have cameras and wasn't a side that does, and the other side just, just sits there. It looks to me like something the police would wear. You know, <laughs> I feel like I'd be walking around wow. and, you know, blind people could start arresting people. It's like a stab vest, is it? Is it? Uh, kind of thing, yeah, but without, you know, the vesty bit. Um I gotta be honest. Uh, it sounds weird, um, but I, if it really worked, if it if it really did fill fill that void mm. when it comes to mobility and navigation, then who cares what it looks like? But well, you say that if it doesn't, yeah, I know. But I mean, if it if it doesn't really add that much, I'm sorry. That that is a it's um let's say a bold design. Let's put it yeah, that that's way. maybe a nice way to put it. I think, you know, again, we've said this before, we feel like we're beta testers for all this stuff. And I think it's not just even this particular product in this case. I think it's this whole new category. The technology itself is not ready to be, I would say, ready for prime time yet in the sense that it's it, certainly not from a, a, you know, looking good point of view, right? I mean, you're not going to go out in a night out with your best suit on and then stick on your stab vest before you leave the house. You know, I don't think you would, right? So, you know, no. I, I think that once the technology starts to shrink down a little bit, I mean, some would say it already has, it's inside our smartphones. But again, you have to, you'd have to wear that on your chest. So you'd still have the same problem. Well, there was a thing called the buzz, was it the buzz clip, which is something you just basically almost pinned or clipped, funnily enough, mm. clipped onto the, something like a, you know, a lapel around your chest. And it was your cane as well, wasn't it? It's far smaller. I, can, yeah, I, I, know, I, think I think it connected to your cane. There was definitely something you wore. Um, and that's what it comes down to, right? There's the, the technology they always talk about when they talk about the biped is that, hey, this is the same technology they use in self-driving cars. Mm. And I think, you know, because it's got, it's a standalone thing. It's not connected to your phone for processing. And there is a uh, a computer built in there, you know, and the cameras and GPS, whatever else. Um I, if this technology was shrunk down, miniaturized a little bit, and maybe then, because there's no getting away from the fact, this is a strange looking thing to to put your head in, right? Yeah. And <laughs> as I said, it depends. If it changed my life when it came to mobility, absolutely. Otherwise, you're right. I'm not going to wear it. So in terms of the product, 900 grams in terms of weight. Um, yeah. Super wide field of view cameras, two batteries, so you can get up to seven hours of continuous use, um, up to 10 metres distance detection range. Um, that's huge. That's, that's pretty 35 decent. foot, something like that. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. Yep. Okay, look, let's hear from the man himself, because you know who better to hear from, Sean, than the people who actually made the product? I know yeah, it's it a makes sense. crazy idea, but <laughs> let's do it. Uh, so, Miles Fabian, great to have you here on a Double Tap. You were on with us uh, with a Double Tap TV last year. And uh, I think it'd be really interesting to learn about how the product has developed. Maybe start, though, just, and we've been talking about the product here, obviously, but maybe explain to people what Biped is in your own words. Biped is an obstacle avoidance uh, system for blind and visually impaired people. Um, the idea is that it's as close as it gets, uh, replicates what self-driving cars do, but at the pedestrian level. So it's um, it has a couple of uh, cameras that scan 170 degrees of field of view around the person on the harness that is worn on the shoulders. And then the AI software that we built is able to detect all sorts of obstacles, pedestrians, um, electric scooters or vehicles that might have a risk of collision with you and warn the person using sound feedback. Um, and the sound would typically um, feel like a parking assist of a car. So it's like a sequence of beep. If an obstacle is coming from the left, the person would hear beep, 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 but with a spatial, like a 3D effect so that you know the obstacle is actually coming from the left. Can you tell us what's changed, what's been going on with Biped, either in terms of technology or the company itself, since the last time we spoke? 
So we really spent the whole year um, ramping up Biped from a prototype to an actual commercial version. Um, so we redesigned everything. Uh, Biped is uh, is now something that is, on the ergonomic standpoint, as a hardware product, uh, a lot closer to um, something that can be deployed commercially. Um, we redesigned a couple of the sensors also to make it run a lot faster. Um, and we also added um, on top of the obstacle detector, um, added the very first bricks of the GPS system that's going to come around biped. Um, and as a final um, addition, uh, that's something we're going to announce very soon. But we have a partnership with a um, self-driving car manufacturer and one of their research institutes. Um, we are actually taking software from a self-driving car um, research unit and onboarding, like uh, directly embedding it onto uh, the biped device directly. You know, it's really interesting because we talk a lot about the last 10 yards problem when we're, you know, if you're blind or partially sighted, what that means is you come out of a car, say a taxi, or, you know, someone drops you off at a location and you can never find the front door of the building you're trying to get into. And, you know, this sounds like something that could could work there. I know that biped can do a lot more than that, but that's certainly one really important feature that could, that could be really useful to a lot of blind people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, we, we've had a couple of uh, beta testers also communicated, you know, their excitement for self-driving cars at some point, but always this this last... Uh, um, last meters, last yards, uh, problems is how do you find the actual, you know, self-driving car? How do you ensure the person's entering this self-driving bus by the, you know, right front door or this kind of thing? So if you, even if you push, you know, push it that far into this self-driving car analogy, it, it, it becomes a, a problem. And just um, this is something where we're also very happy to have cameras directly on biped and do the whole reasoning and the whole AI on cameras input uh, because that way, once we have uh, you know someone's approaching the entrance of a store, we can just um, start reading out the, uh, the 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 names that we see on the frame, um, and that's a very handy way to to find your um, exact destination a lot um, uh, a lot easier in the long run. So that's definitely one of the directions we're going to take. We see, see a lot of products that are equivalence to or trying to become an alternative to the, the white cane, the, the mobility aid, or the guide dog. Is that something that Biped is trying to be? Uh, Biped is really trying to be a supplement to whatever the person is used to. Um, to be honest, we ran a couple of tests where we asked people whether they could just fold away their white cane. Um, and, you know, we tried to have one way or another the, the, the full spectrum of saying, hey, biped is this sole mobility device you're going to need. Um, what I think there's two hurdles we've hit um, doing that. The first one is it's very hard for um, to to give the good level of information, especially when there's you know small drop-offs, small holes that you might want to warn the user about. How do you make sure that this is not becoming too much fairly early on? Um, and then the second one was the way people in the streets react to someone re- uh, wearing biped directly, but not having a white cane. And turns out people don't pay attention to um, the visually impaired person walking around in the street as much as they would with having, uh, you know, having that person use a white cane. And this is a uh, really a layer where we just thought, you know, let's remove the camera. And we, that's actually one thing we added. It's we removed the camera that was filming the ground. And now on the first uh, on the first uh, couple of feet on the first meter, basically we have uh, we don't have a camera anymore. This is for the guide dog or for the white cane, and and we really really frame biped as a supplement to this. You mentioned beta testers there. I'm really interested. What was their initial response when they first tried this technology? Um, I'd say that evolved quite a bit since uh, since last time. Um, I think we we quickly reached this point where biped was running fast enough, so nearly five frames per second. And then to give you a perspective, a Tesla, for example, is running at 13 frames per second, but also handling much, much higher speeds, right? Um, And so at five frames per second for a pedestrian, it's, it's... It's running quite fast. And once you run that fast, the main problem you bump into is what is the you know what what is the level at which you you think it's an it's an overwhelming level of information and that's something we've we've quickly hit so some of the early beta testers basically told us it's it's informative but it's too much uh, for me to use that uh, because i need to focus too much on the sound generated and over time what we try to do is to sell is is to say uh, 
Let's do something where instead we try to maximize the sequences where there is no sounds generated. And so as a paradigm now inside of Biped, once you use it, when there is no sound, there is basically no obstacle around the person, which gives a bit this, and this is something we've confirmed with uh, all of the recent beta testers, but when there is no sounds, basically it means in the next couple of seconds, head level, ground level, or anything that is moving in your direction, there is no direct risk of collision with anything uh, around you. And that's something that uh, people, I think, really appreciate for now. And that's really what we are optimizing um, every day to to have uh, highly um, filtered um, information that we provide to the end users that way. Um, I think that's the, the most uh, um, enjoyable feature from from our beta testers. Yeah, and, and that is I'm, I'm, that is something as a long cane user myself. I've tried so many of these products over the years, and there is so much information coming from the device and the white cane, which does. I mean, people think it's just a stick, but of course it's not. It gives you so much information about the ground, the type of ground you're on, whether you're even on a uh, a sidewalk or not. You know, that information is key and it's crucial. But, you know, you can end up with a bit of a sensory overload of information. So it's really good you're taking that advice on board and you're building this product, A, to work more alongside these other products rather than try and become a replica or a replacement for them. Um, And also on top of that, you're trying to create a product that can kind of work in sync and and give the right amount of information. So that is really, really interesting. And I guess that's going to garner a lot of positive feedback. But I want to ask you about something which a lot of other companies are doing now and they're trying to build in ways to let their product work with other products. So you mentioned cameras on the device and you know we've seen this year for example a lot of products using uh, like for example ARX Vision, uh, Envision, uh, the Blindshell Classic Mobile using their cameras to work with an app called Ira which is a visual interpreter service. It's a, a service I don't know if you know it but it's a service that you know people can get assistance with and you know I kind of wonder is this the kind of product that could work alongside say Ira? That I mean, that that would be a um, very nice evolution, and and I would be tempted to say natural evolution as a, as a very next step for Biped, um, pushing this even further. Um, you know, envisioning integrations with um, services um, like some of the some of the features of seeing AI um, would be a, would be a really cool evolution, also. Um, so I think we, we're going to work a lot on the interoperability of the device. Um, there's there's a couple of cool products uh, also like the Hable uh, Hable one um, that we'd like to to be um, um, you know to give a bit this this um, screenless interface to communicate with Biped um, and that's also going to um, to come um, so it definitely goes in this direction yeah and are you, are you using an app with this or is this running entirely on its own so you have um, actually both options um, but you can if you plug in the battery it connects to the headphones automatically and then it starts playing the sounds but at any point in time what you can do is just connect via an app um, and inside of the app you can change settings you can complete uh, further training um, the concept being that you never hear sounds that you have never been trained on and so we have a virtual training system where we describe situations we describe um, we generate the sounds that the the biped device would generate in those cases and then we ask a couple of questions just to confirm the understanding from there um, and that has been designed with occupational therapists, um, so that we, we know it's, it's, it's sort of relevant, uh, at least. Um, and yeah, and so you can change the settings if you want, uh, you can type in your GPS destination. That's a big goal for 2023. Um, and yeah, but otherwise, if you don't want to use the app because you're, you feel confident just doing the obstacle avoidance with the current settings you have, then you can just plug in the battery and I'm ready to, to, to go. The last 10 yards is, a, is something we talk about quite a lot. And it's the, you know, the difficulties in just that final bit of any journey. You know, we can have GPS, which will get us near enough to the location, but it's that last 10 yards of finding the door and getting in there. That's always the issue. When it comes to getting biped actually in the hands of us end users, you know, getting this commercially available, how far away are you? It's um, actually more of a regulatory pathway uh, today from now. Uh, we're onto the, um, I mean, we, we're now tackling the the usability test uh, from end users um, as part of the medical device um, certification. Um, and FDA approval is also on its way. Um, so we started this uh, 
with a yeah with a with a local partner and i think it's it's that will for the commercial availability this is this is mostly what's uh, left to do so right now we have we're rolling out pre-orders uh starting shipping very soon and so that's the the final rush uh before the the, the very first deliveries and if people want to get their hands on this and pre-order now where can they do that and more importantly what's the price so we uh, everything is available on biped uh, so bipd.ai um and we currently sell it as a subscription system only um so it's 129 dollars a month um with one month of free trial and as long as people want to use it um they the subscription goes on uh, if after one year you want to cancel it um that's the the minimum contract duration afterwards and the idea is that if uh, reimbursement is possible in a specific country, we also assist um, to, because that's, of course, for devices like ours, the, the very big, uh, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say the very big uh, objective uh, uh, and the targets that we want to reach. Um, so, for example, we, are, uh, we have ongoing uh, discussions for reimbursement in, in Switzerland, and uh, we'll see uh, how it goes, but that's the, the very first evaluations are being done by the insurance, uh, disability insurance in Switzerland right now. Just out of interest, have you tried this technology? Have you pushed this technology in some of the harsher elements? You know, some of the weather, for example, people may experience in Canada. Yeah, um, I mean, so we, we do have, um, uh, a, I'd say, a Swiss winter uh, also that is uh, that can be quite harsh, probably not as as uh, crazy as the Canadian winters. Um, but it's uh, what we're what we're seeing is that the same way um, self-driving cars would have degraded performance in specific cases, just like um, um, very, uh, um, I mean, a snowstorm or these kind of things. We are also seeing this kind of. Uh, um, limitations right now so we handle light to medium rain um, uh, by default and then we're seeing everything related to a light snowfall will be okay and then once we enter something that is in more extreme conditions then one can expect degraded conditions one thing we've done though is to warn the end user about those degraded conditions um, so the cameras by themselves will tell uh, hey there are degraded conditions don't uh, rely on biped too much i just want to pick you back up on the point about the insurance schemes like you see in switzerland germany and i believe australia have similar and they're starting to become more common in other parts of the world which is good because this allows people to get access to these devices. And, you know, it feels in a way that we should be able to get access to these devices. They are specialists. They are medical devices in the same way that some might get access to a hearing aid or a white cane or a guide dog. You know, I I guess that's something you hope for because, well, ultimately it makes it easier for you to sell them, right? No, absolutely. And this is, uh, that that's, I mean, that that's the kind of um, also innovations that I think definitely belongs to this, this space of, um, you know those those assistive technologies that that can get reimbursed at some point. Obstacle avoidance systems are already reimbursed uh, by default in in Switzerland, and we're seeing more and more disability insurance schemes or um, health insurers, depending on on the the, the country, um, that start covering this kind of uh, of devices. Um, and it becomes increasingly simple afterwards to sell this device. And I think it's also a lot more fair, right? Because there is, um, there is a couple of, uh, of people going after the fact that, you know, you start trying to make profit as a private company uh, in this space. Um, the, the truth is we're still a privately funded company, still have to go after investors at some point to try to get money in to, to build the device. And at some point, uh, have the counterpart, which is uh, selling something. Uh, if we sell to an, uh, to an insurance scheme, it's it's a lot easier um, because there is no leftover for the end user. And I think at the price point of Biped, this is in most countries what we're seeing as a potential 100% coverage for the solution. So no leftover uh, to pay from the end user. And that would be uh, something I'd, I'd, I'd feel uh, extremely happy with if we reach uh, already a couple of countries where this is the case in 2023. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for speaking to us today and we look forward to you coming back and letting us know as the technology evolves. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so there we go, Sean. We've heard from Mael. We've heard about the products. Are you sold? Hmm. I'm interested. Again, it, you know, the, the, the proof of it is in the eating of that pudding, that tech pudding. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's um, it's a hard sell. I'll be honest. It sounds cool, and it sounds like it could really be helpful. But uh, still, that form factor is something I, I would definitely need to try. Well, the good thing is, and this is one of the things that I often find challenging with all of this, is how do you get your hands on this stuff? Because the the problem is with a lot of this technology, we'll talk about it here on the show, and there's lots of people listening who will be saying to themselves, oh, that's all well and good, but how am I going to ever try this thing out? Well, the good news is you can. On the Biped website, and just to clarify that Biped website, it is biped.ai, B-I-P-E-D, AI, uh, you can go there and you can click on the try for free. And what they'll do is they will send it to you for 30 days with all the, the gubbins to go with it. Um, and then after that, you can you know decide if you want to keep it or not, that's which is cool. good. Yeah, that's really good. And you, you get actually gubbins see that with lot. it. Well you get done. gubbins, yes, free gubbins. Well, not free gubbins because <laughs> eventually they'll pay for them. But the thing we should is, try it. The, the good thing is that I don't see this a lot with other products in this category or indeed with many blindness-specific products. I don't see many try-at-home type things. So that's good. That's really good. And they do have customer support as well. So if you do have questions or you want to know more about setting it up, you can do that. So I think I'd be intrigued to try this. I really would like to try because I think it's one of those things that, again, it depends on the amount of information it gives. Yes, um, absolutely. That's right. I'm glad the sounds come through bone conduction headphones. That's good. But yep. my other challenge here, and it's always the challenge, is how do I keep my, almost like to carry around an audio mixer, how do I get my iPhone in there? How <laughs> yes, do I get my sound right. from my biped? How do I get on. my, yeah, yeah. yeah, all these other products. <laughs> I, want, I, I need to I'll, I'll just strap my audio mixer to my back as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're back well, to we, the old days of backpacks with blind we people. We should definitely try it out. It's an interesting technology, right? And who knows? It, it, it could be a, could be a game changer. Who knows? And look, yeah, exactly. And not just that, but the technology itself. That The thing here is the technology that's inside it and the software that's driving all this. That's the bit that's really interesting. Because as other products start to come out, more mainstream options start to become available, that software can then be implemented into that type of hardware, which will bring yes. the cost down. Yeah. So. That's the, that's the good news. Um, listen, thanks to Mile for coming on. Really appreciate him coming on. Sean, thank you as always. We are back again Welcome. tomorrow. Uh, keep in touch with us. You can do that by emailing feedback at doubletaponair.com. What do you think of it, Biped? Also, you can call us on one 803 4567 Catch you tomorrow, guys. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.